Welcome to Up Next with Tommy Lee, with influential Christian leaders sharing their passions and purpose in personal conversations. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller, coming to Chicago in 2018. And now, founder and president of Resource Global, managing partner of Barnabas Group Chicago, and your host on Up Next, Tommy Lee. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Up Next. My name is Tommy Lee, and today we have once again our co uh, our co-host, Kenson Lamb, Park Community Church, Bridgeport. Kenson, welcome. Great to be here. Noah Chung, welcome. Thanks, Tommy. And on the phone, we have one of my dearest friends and a mentor and a very special, special person in my life, Pastor Crawford Loretz. Welcome, Crawford. Hey, Tommy. Good to be with you, man, and, and the other guys. Kenson, Noah, let me just say this. Kenson, I know you're going to start off with the questions for him, but Crawford, you have been my mentor from afar, and uh, we don't get a chance to see each other very much, but watching you and your encouragement, you have married me. I, mm. You are, and don't tell Michael Easley this, you are actually my favorite expository preacher. Uh-oh. I learned so much about <laughs> preaching from you. Wait, 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 wait you, 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 sit, you sit in my church. You sit in my seats. Oh, Crawford, you are my favorite preacher. Yeah, t- t- Tommy attends my church. What's hey. going on here? <laughs> this is, this is terrible, man. I'm not commenting on that one. <laughs> hey, Crawford, you, you are, I just want to let you know the influence you have on my life from afar, and mm. you have just been mm. a dear, dear friend. Well, thank you, Tommy. I'm a, I'm, uh, humbled and and honored by that and uh, you have been just a great blessing to me too and ever i hear tommy lee's name i there's a smile on my face so <laughs> i really appreciate you man hey crawford we have kenson noah two uh pastors here in the full-time ministry but before i get mm-hmm. kenson to ask you let me ask you a question you started your journey at crew right is that what your first job yeah. was no, no, actually, it goes back even before then. I actually started my journey I, I, when I graduated from college. Uh, I spent four years with a group called, it was called the American Missionary Fellowship as a as an evangelist with them. And then, uh, boy, this is back in the dark ages. In 1976, my wife and I moved to Dallas, and, and uh, Tony Evans and I co-founded Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Mm. And then it was in 78 that we joined staff with uh, Crew or Campus Crusade for Christ. Got it, got it, got it. And now yeah. what made you, what's been the transition from Crew over now being back as a senior pastor at Fellowship Bible Church? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the bottom line is I, I've always been somewhat of a, um, I've always been a churchman and uh, love the local church. I, I uh, and I've always been a preacher, even though I was on staff at Campus Crusade for uh, those 27 years. I did a lot of speaking and uh, on college campuses and at conferences and that kind of thing. And so it was the um, oh, I suppose uh, the last three years I was on staff. There was just just a stirring in my heart that God wanted. Um, I'm sensing that God wanted me to use the preaching and teaching uh, gifts that He's given to me uh, to help shepherd and nurture and disciple people in the local church context, and uh, and so that kind of calling came together, um, and I became the senior pastor here at Fellowship Bible Church back in uh, 2005. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. You know, um, Professor Loritz, Doctor Loritz, Pastor Loritz, whatever you want to be called, is you're all those things. Uh, uh, 
thank you for your influence in my life, even though we haven't talked specifically mm. directly, mm. but through your books and through just your sermons and the things you do online. It's just incredible. Um, now, the thing that you just said here in terms of kind of the calling, being a churchman, you know, preaching, you know, like uh, all of us, like myself, and like I'm about 10 years into my pastorate. Noah just graduated from a seminary at, at a TED's. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of all just kind of getting started but you've you have a you've endured you you have a legacy and the way you talk about ministry i can still hear the joy in your voice uh can you just tell me a little bit about just why you love like what what you do and how you're able to endure and kenson actually crawford before you actually answer let me just say this you are listening to am 1160 up next on am 1160 crawford go ahead yeah um you know certainly i think one one of the keys to it um uh, the ministry is challenging. Let's just get that out on the table. And, and uh, you know, the presence of joy does not mean the absence of opposition. And so whatever you do, there's going to be opposition. First of all, the devil's not sitting back in this lazy boy lounger while you do what God's called you to do. Right. So in, in any calling, there is there are tests, there's trials, there's hard things and this kind of thing. But I think, I think uh, the key to me is that... Um, you have to maintain a healthy distance between your personal ego and what God's called you to do. Uh, and, you know, you've got to, you've got to view the calling as a, as a, as a wonderful opportunity and gratitude has to be your posture. And when there's gratitude for the privilege of being used of God, I mean, that just eclipses everything. And, um, so I, I think that that's been key in my own personal life. And, and, and certainly, you know, there are challenges and what have you. Every every pastor I know writes his resignation letter <laughs> out first thing Monday morning. <laughs> oh, I feel, no. that way. I feel that way right now. Okay. It, it, yeah, it is part of that. So, But I think cultivating cultivating gratitude and staying away from entitlement helps you to preserve joy in your heart. Yeah, you know, actually, and, you know, just one more question, I'll turn it over to Noah. Um, but, like, you know, you've been pastoring for a while now, so so how, how has pastoring changed from when you first started um, to how it is right now, you know, for you? Like, has, have you seen any changes in pastoring? Well, you know, the, the culture has changed, that's, that's for sure. And even in churches that have histories of being um, oh, sort of Bible churches and expository ministries and this kind of thing, um, what what really I find uh, a bit um, kind of almost perplexing is that there there is such biblical illiteracy today, hmm. and so I think um, each year you you know you, each year calls you to make uh, causes you to make less and less assumptions about the spiritual framework and biblical knowledge of people. So, uh, which is, which is in, in a way, it's not a negative thing. It's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. It keeps preachers on their toes, and it forces us to, to, um, to clarify content and to get and put the clothes of the people on and to uh, identify with their hearts. So I think, I think just the overall um, uh, lack of biblical context and knowledge has... has uh, is the biggest difference. You can't make make assumptions these days. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Crawford. Yeah, this is Noah here. And, uh, you know, as kind of a, a, I guess, a pastor in training, just kind of graduating from from seminary, and as even Kenson kind of asked that question, one of the questions I had was, um, in terms of 
church and the preaching and teaching ministry and kind of as the as you mentioned the the lack of biblical literacy in our context and as it continues year by year kind of where do you see also then the the church itself having to adopt in the the next few years few decades to better uh equip the saints for the work of the ministry in in if, in that way what how does the pastor then kind of have to maybe not reorient or change their role but how do they contextualize it better within the context that culture is kind of moving towards, especially in America? Well, you know, I think one of the big, that's, that's, that, that is a wonderful question, and it requires probably more than just a brief answer, but let me just top line it. I, I actually think that, that, that pastors are, and preachers have got to not, um, um, not be lazy in our thinking, and in terms of how we approach, not that you change, because the Word of God is true, it's eternally relevant, and, uh, and that the culture needs to hear a word from God. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we need to be aware of the context in which our people uh, are growing up and the challenges that they have. For example, the family continues to be disintegrating all around us. Um, you know, uh, issues uh, relative to same-sex attraction and all of the sexuality uh, issues, we've got we've to be clear about that and how to communicate the gospel and the truth of God's Word in a loving and compassionate way, not not compromising the truth, but also not overstating things in such a way that we come across as Pharisees. Um, it's, it's all of these kinds of nuances that we have to walk into. But at the same time, I, I actually believe there's another, I don't know if you asked this question, but in terms of approach to ministry, I think we need to be more intentional about discipleship. Mm. We have to be passionate about um pouring into people and uh, getting people uh, in smaller groups and so that they can do life and sense and feel the love of God and have these communities, uh, I don't want to use the term missional, that's almost been overworked these days, but uh, these, these smaller groups and communities that are mobile and uh, that uh, infiltrate the culture and society. And pastors just don't have the privilege of building these isolated citadels We've got to deploy our people and help them to be able to be salt and light in uh, wherever they live, work, and play. Yeah. Uh, we have one minute, Kenson. You want to do? Yeah. You know, one minute. Just a, just a quick question. You know, like uh, for, for us uh, young guys here, like what, what is one thing that you wish seminary would have taught you that you didn't that you didn't learn, but you wish you would have learned early on in your pastorate? Well, you know that you can't minister where you're not. I think. Uh, and uh, all that to say is that all you have is right now. And if I would give Crawford Loritz, a 30-year-old Crawford Loritz, any advice, I'd say, yeah, have dreams, have vision, have goals. But don't be so impatient about getting there that you lose the spiritual moment. You lose where you are. Yeah. And uh, and that that's that's what I would say. Got it. Hey, Crawford, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right sure. back. Uh, we were talking to a wonderful dear friend, Pastor Crawford Loritz of uh, Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia. We'll be right back. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago for the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on the city? 
please come to Chicago for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. AM 1160. Resource Global is cultivating the potential of young professionals all over the world to maximize their reach and restore their cities with the gospel. 60% of our waking hours are spent in the workplace. Therefore, it is a significant time for gospel impact. As young professionals grow in their careers, we provide in-depth training, and we also provide mentoring to integrate their faith and work. And we want them to use their influence and skills to impact their city. I know of no other organization besides Resource Global that is doing its exact ministry. Going to places, finding young people and pastors and teachers who want to bring together their collective wisdom to encourage one another in things of faith and work. I want to invite you to join us as we continue to grow the network of young professionals in strategic cities around the world. I invite you to join us to make a difference in these cities through these individuals and to make a difference for tomorrow. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago for the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on that great city? Uh, The churches of today should have compassion on the city and should care about the city. Please come to Chicago, the third largest city in our country, which will be a wonderful backdrop for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel, doing both holistic uh, transformation, evangelism, and bringing about conversions. Please come and join us. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. AM 1160. Welcome back to Up Next with Tommy Lee. Brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller. Coming to Chicago in 2018. Well, welcome back. Uh, right prior for a break, we were talking with Pastor Crawford Loritz, pastor of Fellowship Bible Church over in Roswell, Georgia. And, uh, you know, uh, Crawford, you've been a friend. You've been mentored. You married me and my wife about six, seven years ago. You have really left a legacy imprint in my life. Mm-hmm. So I continue to thank mm-hmm. you how you are always just a mentor to me from afar. Well, thank you, Tommy. It's, a, it's, it's humbling and gratifying to hear that, my brother. Thank you so much, man. Kenzie, you had a question? Yeah, you know, Dr. Luritz, like, I'm not sure if you remember this, but many, many years ago, I think I, I, yeah. I think I was in college, uh, you actually came by my former church in uh, Chicago's Chinatown, uh, and you actually uh, preached on messages around uh, cross-cultural, being, being a multi-ethnic yeah. uh, church and the importance of diversity. Uh, and you were doing this, you know, well before the attention that is getting right now in our churches. Now, now it's becoming a really hot topic to talk about that, but it, in some ways I would say that you're kind of a pioneer, like in some ways, in terms of preaching and communicating this, and also your son writing an incredible book around those things as well, too. You know, so just just to talk to you, like, how, how did God build that passion within your own heart uh, for that? Well, thank you for calling me a pioneer, but I think, you know, the church at Antioch did it before I did it, so back in <laughs> yeah. Well said, well said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a part of that is, is you know, sort of 
you know, sovereign foundations, whatever you mean by that. Well, it's the way I grew up. I grew up in the central water of Newark, New Jersey. Uh, you know, I'm really, really kind of dating myself here, but I was born in 1950, and, and growing up in the central water of Newark, believe it or not, it was a multi-ethnic, diverse, working-class community. You know, I played uh, played ball with uh, Rocco Bonavicia and John San Giovanni, as well as, you know, Lloyd Cotton and, you know, Gerald Adams and and all of that stuff. So I'm not saying it was idyllic. Don't get me wrong at all. And I'm not saying we didn't taste the sting of uh, racism. But um, but at the same time, when, when you grow up in that context, those foundations in your life, uh, you know, I never, I never, never felt for one moment I had to choose who my friend should be, one over the other, and that was informative for me. It really, really was. Mm. And so that, that it's it's that context, and uh, and then when I gave my heart to Jesus in my teen years, I was captured by the noble vision of Ephesians chapter two, that that uh, God had broken down the middle wall of partition that we had been reconciled in the one body, and. Uh, and that became just a uh, part of of who I am and my calling and 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 all of that. And so God had uh, just put me on the pathway to making to living that out. I mean, yeah. it's it's it's, it's kind of like I mean, I didn't choose it. I have to say, and this, I don't mean to sound so uh, irrelevantly noble. Uh, it's not that I chose it; it sort of chose me. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, I remember when I came to our church here. Uh, uh, in fellowship, uh, it's predominantly white church, and I was obviously first black pastor of a, a, a very sizable white church in the southeast. And the newspapers made far more of it than 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 I did. Now, I I I, I mean the, the 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 historic nature of it. I I, I didn't miss that, but um, you know, it is what it is. And and what a great opportunity we have in our world right now to demonstrate what the gospel can do in breaking down barriers. Yeah. You're listening to AM 1160, uh, up next on AM 1160 with Pastor Crawford Loretz. Kenson. You know, Pastor, if I can follow up with you with all of that, you know, right now, like in our culture, there's just been a heightened sensitivity and awareness around just the, the racial tensions in the U.S. Now, obviously, this has been going on forever, for a very, mm-hmm. very long time, but now it's becoming very forefront, um, undeniable, and especially within our churches here. Um, so as a pastor, like, what, what are the opportunities that we have here? What, what are some of the challenges we face? How, how are you walking your folks sometimes to process the things that, that you're seeing on the news and how people are being treated and so forth? Yeah. Well, see, one of the things we keep talking about here in our church is that the nature of biblical Christianity and the nature of the church is to be the portrait of the desired destination. Uh, it's yeah. prophetic. And, and, um, we 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 can't reflect what is. We have to reflect what should be. Yeah. And so I I think I think the church for too long in our in our culture has kind of like been answering questions nobody's asking anymore, or been so concerned with just relating to people where they are that we've not had the prophetic side of of becoming the noble people of God. Yeah. Uh, that 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 representation of that glorious kingdom where there be many. Uh, many tribes and nations and tongues. So I think it's a, it's a matter of how we think, and I think the church needs to lead, and I think pastors need to lead, um, and and uh, you know and stop succumbing to this this uh, sort of a crazy and 
relationship that we have with relevance that we that we forget that God wants to make us what 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 He wants to make us. Yeah. I mean that we need to be the people of God. Yeah. And I think it's a time for you know this is a time for holy impatience. Mm. You know, racism could be solved. Uh, the problem is it's a problem of obedience and it's a problem of relationship. And it takes courage to address these issues and courage to model what needs to take place. Yeah. And I actually think that God, and I'm not to sermonize here, but I actually think that God has allowed the confusion and the division and all the mess to take place in our culture to really slap us in the face and say, hey, look, you know, are you going to be my alternative uh, to this mess? Are you going to be the noble solution? Are you going to reflect the issue? Are you going to be part of the problem? Yeah. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit, Crawford. Let me ask you a quick uh, quick question. We have a mutual friend, uh, Andy Crouch. In the mm-hmm. March uh, article over at the Gospel Coalition, he wrote an article titled, It's Time to Reckon with Celebrity Power. Yeah. We've heard stories of pastors and everything like that really struggling with this whole idea of celebrity and sins and mistakes in their life. For you, you are a very popular conference speaker. People know who you are. You have a radio presence. Your kids are very well known. How do you deal with it, Crawford? Do you really, in some sense, it could get into your head. How do you keep yourself grounded? And what is the word of encouragement that you have for all pastors and ministry leaders about how to keep yourself grounded? Well, I think, you know, the way you keep yourself grounded, first of all, I mean, it's you have to spend time consistently in the Word of God. And uh, and to realize that, you know, um, how God uses you is not a statement of your significance or value. I mean, and you, you just have to, you, you, you got to be careful of buying, buying that nonsense. And, uh, you know, you know, on one hand, I don't want to be falsely humble. Uh, I mean, when God blesses and maybe he gives you a platform and, and gives you visibility, but with that visibility must come corresponding intentional brokenness, um, where you understand that the only reason why God gives any leader visibility or favor or recognition is so that he or she will use that platform to remove barriers and boundaries in the hearts and lives of other people and to serve. And we serve as an identity and not as a strategy. And so, you know, you have to be humbly grateful. You've got to keep people in your life to tell you the truth. And, uh, and realize that, um, you know, there are no vacancies in the Trinity. There's only three, and you ain't the fourth member. <laughs> um, you know, and you just, have to, you just have to understand it. And you have, to keep a, you, you, have to keep a, you have to keep in your heart and mind the realization that you're weak and fragile, and you're just one decision away from stupid. Uh, <laughs> at, any given, <laughs> you know, at any given moment. And, um, but I think it's the guys that get isolated. Um, you know, w- when you're isolated, you got people around you that's, that's pumping you up and, and, and uh, not telling you the truth. You, you know, you, you, can, you can get a head case. They're buying your books and they're asking you to sign their Bibles and, uh, you know, and they're, they're telling you how your message was the greatest thing that ever happened. It should be the 67th book of the Bible and all of this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> So you you can't believe that stuff, you know. And uh, so I, I think it's that I I uh, 
uh, you know, and I, I just think it's your own personal walk with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my community, when you're daily in the scriptures and on your face and knees before God, God sensitizes you to your craziness. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the ones who, who, you know, unfortunately you start shortcutting that, that's when you start getting into trouble. Yeah. Mm. We have a minute and a half left. Noah, you want to ask the last question? Yeah, just one real quick question, kind of along the same lines, Crawford. How have you, what are some, like, one or two, like, just real practical things you did to kind of protect yourselves from some of that, the celebrity of power, or just kind of getting too, um, just too high in the clouds in terms of your ministry and your success and things like that? What have you kind of done just day in and day out and discipline yourself to do um, throughout the year, many, many years? Oh my goodness! Well, I think it, I said it already. I think it's just having having some close friends and trying to keep short accounts and inviting people into my heart and life who 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 uh, who speak truth and forcing myself to be a learner, hmm. forcing myself to listen, to go to places where I'm not necessarily the uh, you know the big guy in the program or this sort of thing. Hmm. And uh, I think it's that. And then I, then I'm married to an incredible lady. My wife loves Jesus, but she always tells me the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it's cultivating that ability to listen and to learn. Um, you know, uh, and then uh, you know the other thing is <laughs> the other thing is the Lord uh, the Lord will make sure that you know He sends you He sends you some reminders of your humanity every once in a while. <laughs> Crawford, it's great catching up with you. We're going to have to do this again soon. I'm going to come and visit you in Atlanta, Crawford. All right, come on, man. Hey, next time you're in Chicago, let me know you are on with Crawford Loretz uh, up next on AM 1160. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Up Next with host Tommy Lee, getting to know another influential leader. To hear past episodes, visit upnext.city. That's upnext.city. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with The Gospel and Our Cities Conference in Chicago, October 2018. Join Tommy for Up Next, Saturdays at 3.30 on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.